Welcome to the Warrior Within podcast. From current events, comedy, and entertainment, to mental health, hobbies, and the paranormal. You name it, we cover it. Totally raw and unfiltered. So buckle up, strap on your helmet, and let's get ready to rock this mother And now, here's your host, Chris Borelli, a.k.a. Sibo. Hello, monkeys. Gotta let the whole jam jam out. There you go. I like it. <laughs> Rock and roll. Hello, everybody. Tonight we have uh, superstar Erica Lukes on. Um, for those that don't know who Erica is, she is a world-renowned UFO researcher, amongst other things. Thank you. Yes, there we go. Um, Erica has been on shows such as Ancient Aliens on the History Channel, um, UFO, UFOs, what is it, the Unknown? The, the Lost Evidence. The Lost but they Evidence. Keep, it, it's you know, crazy because every time I turn on TV, they change the name. So Yeah, I've noticed that. I yeah, noticed that. make up a name. Yeah. It'll be good. You yeah. got it. And that one's on Science Channel or Travel Channel? So there's um that's on the travel channel. I and I've seen it on Discovery and then also Discovery. NASA's Unexplained Files. NASA's too, Unexplained so. Files. That one's on science, yeah. Yeah. Right. Actually the first time I saw you was on um uh, the um uh I just I lost it already. The Lost Evidence. Yeah. Right? That was the yep. that was the first one. I was like, Hey, who's that? Um Cool. So yeah, Erica's um world renowned. She's done some cool stuff. She's professional. I'm not, so stay tuned. Um this is gonna get wild, right? Uh Erica comes from Utah. Um and she's been dig- digging in deep for those that don't know uh about Skinwalker Ranch and some of the things that are going on out there. Um she's been digging deep into the uh phenomenon out there or lack thereof maybe. As we're sort of kind of, sort of kind of figuring out, um, tell us about yourself, Erica. Oh Lord, do you have a, <laughs> a couch you can you know lie down on? Grab a cocktail. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> this cocktail. is could get pretty heavy. Yeah. So I, you know, my my background is vocal performance. I started singing uh, professionally um, at the age of sixteen, and did the band thing for a long, long, long time. <clears throat> recorded, you know, a few albums. And then I decided that, and I also became a Pilates instructor and I've had a Pilates studio for over 20 years, which has been really cool because that's allowed me to certify teachers that have um, come in from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And it's been a real blessing. I mean, I love, I love helping people and, and I love being artistic in things. And throughout my life, I've had a series of, of experiences that I've not been able to explain. And that kind of lit my fire and I knew that I wanted to just dig into it. I mean, it's, it's exciting, it's mysterious. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, I know that life isn't black and white. And that if we think that we are where we are now and that we know everything about our reality, we're fooling ourselves. And so I've always had this really curious side to me and, and I decided to have I mean, I just, after 2013, I had some UFO experiences and I decided to kind of dig into that and then kind of go public with everything. Yeah. And that has been a freaking trip. It is, it is 
brought me to my knees. I have discovered things about, unfortunately, people about the intelligence community, about the way the subject has been manipulated. And that has been deeply disturbing to me because there are a lot of good people who are here because we've had personal experiences. And so I hope that by doing the research I'm doing and exposing the things I'm exposing, that eventually people will start to see through all of the nonsense. Yeah. And that's a, that's, you know, the biggest thing about this subject is that there is so much nonsense before you can get some, you know, the, the good bits, you got to dig through a lot of trash to get, you know, the good stuff. And that's, and it is, it, I mean, it's sad to me because like I said, there's so many good people mm-hmm. that are, you know, I mean, it's like you, like myself, I mean, or, or you, mm-hmm. it's like I have an interest in this. I'm looking for other people to talk to about things and bounce ideas off of. And then the next thing you know, you're at a conference and people are being hypnotized. And then there's this group abduction and, and, you know, all these things are taking place. And, you know, then the, 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 you know, satanic overlords are coming and yeah. and oh, yeah. it's seven sign of the apocalypse or the tall whites are here yeah. and they're going to save the day because they're genetically blessed and it's oh. like really yeah. it gets <laughs> really really wild you know the theories yeah. are just i don't i don't want to say crazy because who knows what's what's true and what's not but there's if some, you don't i'll say it yeah yeah i mean there's the inner earth um theories and you know, there's a civilization inside the core of the earth that's been here long before us. And they're, oh my goodness, I've heard so many theories. It's, who knows though? Well, and I um, think, you know, it, it's interesting because some of these things, and it's, who knows? I mean, there are areas to explore, mm-hmm. but I think what is very blatantly clear is back in 1947, there was a deliberate decision made by the powers that be and by specific religious and political factions that this was a great subject to manipulate for their personal agendas. And unfortunately, you see a lot of that influence. And that's what we, you know, both you and I are doing, trying to do the same thing. We're trying to, you know, expose that and then move on and, and, and get to something that is genuine and that is really, truly worthy of study. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I agree. And that's a task, um, that's a task. I'm just going to leave it at that. <laughs> that's, that's when you, you know, you go to your therapist, I guess, twice a week. Yeah, and in fact, you got to unload some of that stuff. Self-help books. But actually, now the more I learn about the self-help community, the more I'm thinking, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, you did a bunch of research into the Hestalen Lights, um, and that's that's really new to me. I haven't um, looked into – I mean, I, I brushed – Briefly on on the story, can you tell me a little bit about that and and talk about some of your research there? You know what I was uh, due to my own personal sightings and when I was state director for MUFON, uh-huh. I started looking at the lights in the sky cases. And for me at that time, I felt that people were dismissing things, and I think that people were generally in you know lazy investigators. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you could look at something and say well, you know, this is blah, 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 dismiss, dismiss, dismiss. But there were areas where there were specific sightings that were taking place time after time. Um, historically, I found that fascinating. And then I reached out to, I found Dr. Massimo Teodorani, who's an Italian astrophysicist who has contributed a great deal to the subject and has done a great deal of work for NARCAP. And that that is a great organization. I would recommend people going there and reading some of the things that they've put forward. Was that and NICAP, then, you said? 
NARCAP, N-A-R-C-A-P. Okay. So and that deals with aviation uh, sightings, pilot military and civilian pilot sightings. And um, then I, I came in contact with Erling Strand, who is Norwegian, and he is a professor at Otsfold College in the engineering department. 35 plus years ago, he had heard about something that was taking place in a little teeny sleepy valley, Heshtalen, and he decided that he was going to, to assemble a team and, and they were going to go out there. It's in Norway, right? Yeah. Okay. And so they went out there, they spent several weeks and documented hundreds of sightings that they couldn't explain. And these are scientists. I mean, they were very meticulous about the way they were conducting their research. And so they went back and presented this evidence. They, they tried to get funding. They did get funding and they established, and it was a really, it was a rough road for them because obviously when you're digging into something like this and you're saying, this is unknown, it takes a, a little bit for people to jump on board with that. And they were also very careful about the way they decided to phrase that. Um, but they, they got funding. They set up different stations all over the valley mm -hmm. where they could collect data. And they've got a, a 24 hour camera that live streams. And really? then twice a year, and this is the really uh, killer thing, twice a year they send students from the engineering college there to to go to different points. And these, these I mean, this is, we're talking in the middle of the winter at yeah. the tops of, of mountains. And these, I mean, it, the conditions were brutal enough when I was there in October that they go up there, set up their instrumentation. They're there for two weeks and they rotate, you know, different groups that can go back to the base camp and then go back, you know, up there. And, and they have, you know, after 35 plus years, they have documented things that are truly unique. And they've also not only empowered a group of students in the engineering college to address this issue right. in a, it really, you know, in a scientific way without all the crap that we see in the United States, but, you know, they've also pulled in some of the leading scientists in Europe and it is, it, it is a really cool project. I was fortunate enough to go a couple years ago, a couple, three years ago. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, I, I, I couldn't believe it. I was climbing mountains. I was yeah. clearly, even though I was wearing my, my, all of my ski clothing, cause I'm from Utah and I ski and whatnot, yeah. but that it was insufficient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a different kind of so, cold over there. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was mm. like, you know, we're out in the middle of a, a field where they've documented so much before and, and the winds are brutal and you know, it was, but it was, it was a trip. They were so gracious. You know, I sat at a table with Erling Strand with uh, two Italian scientists, astrophysicists, and a fellow from uh, France, another scientist, and a mm. Greek scientist, and, and me. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I, I kind of looked around like, how did I get here? How did I get so lucky? Yeah. And it was really, it was, they were so welcoming yeah. over there. And that to me is where it's at. That's where we should be focusing our attention. And, you know, like I said, unfortunately, we get so sidetracked with this, you know, whatever is going on in the United States that we don't look where yeah. we should be looking. Yeah, and that's we, we rarely look point. past our, our toes, but yeah. 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 Is that is that phenomenon still occurring out there? Yes. This is still ongoing, really. How often does this happen? 
Oh boy, you know, I think it, it depends and they they haven't found that it's really, you know, I mean, unfortunately it's not predictable. Mm-hmm. Some years they've got, they have quite a few sightings. In fact, it kind of, it, it died down for a bit and then the activity appeared to increase again, but they have, you know, vi- they've got videos, they have, uh, you know, I mean, photographs, they have got a lot of mm-hmm. documentation and a lot of really great equipment there that different universities are setting up yeah. to be on the forefront of of gathering data which yeah. is so you know cool why can't we do that here yeah right i mean that's you would think oh, sorry right? i guess we have PTSA. yeah oh, yeah that's the way yeah we'll get into that that's the way you would think research is done right, right. um so th- when the lights appear do they do they hang out do they stay around or is it something like a fleeting event or you know what? No, this is a great question. There are several different types of the, the phenomena that they have identified, and there are, you know, lights that will hover um, in a specific area for periods of time. Um, there are lights that will travel in, in unison together. Uh, there are different types of phenomena that they'll see close to the ground, oh. and so and also they've documented these these lights that would appear to respond to a human being. Really? So there's some sort of call and response. No kidding. And that is, and that's, yeah, it's really fascinating. And if you go to projectheshtalan.org, yeah. you can look at the, the videos, the photos, and, and see some of the scientific research that they're doing. That is amazing. So there's actual interaction going on. Yeah. That's amazing. That's something you, you don't see in, in most um, cases. So that's that's cool. Uh, it's cool. What kind? What kind of interaction is happening? Do you know? There was a specific time, and I'm trying to remember what year it was, but there was a a light that appeared, and one of the researchers, you know, took out a flashlight and did a sequence of specific things mm-hmm. to, and it appeared that this this object responded. Wow. And I know that there are more there are more cases of that in there, which you definitely have to go. Yeah. Um, sight and see and I wish I could recall all of them but it was really cool because when I was there they did a a document and if you can find it and watch it it's called the portal and that was done oh my gosh maybe 20 15 years ago Mm -hmm. and they they interviewed all the scientists and they interviewed some of the people that lived in the valley and these are these are, are just good you know people that are minding their own business and then all of a sudden they're besieged with these objects they're right outside their homes they are frightened they don't understand what's happening and so they the villagers turn to the media the media put it out there and then all of a sudden they've got thousands of people descending on this little teeny town trashing it and then the media made fools of these people And, and so that's the one thing that that Erling Strand, you know, we saw that and he said, "Wait a minute, you know, we're, I'm a scientist, and we're this is what science does. This shouldn't be happening." And that's when he decided to be proactive and get in there. And so it was really cool for me to be there and watch Erling Strand. You know, the group of people from the valley came, and I could watch him lecture. Yeah, um, there's a beautiful monument there, and he also introduced me to a fellow that I did an interview with and he was in his late 70s and he had seen things and it was very interesting to to hear his personal experiences and I don't think any of these people ever expected that their life would take that kind of a turn and some of the people their their lives were destroyed Mm -hmm. and and that is a really that's a, a sad thing that 
people can be so honest with things oh, yeah. and look, look out, look to find help, just like in the UFO community here in the US, and then they get subjected to this ridicule, and that is unfortunate. Yeah. What's the general climate there now? I mean, are they are they still being portrayed as crazies and foolish or what? No, now and it's taken more seriously. That is, that is you know, yeah. that is, you know, decades of hard work yeah. by these, these scientists. And, and it was, you know, there's no ego involved with these people. This is, I mean, you, you see, you know, and I just kind of I watched from afar and observed what they were doing. And this is, this is what we are doing. We're putting this piece of instrumentation here. We're, you know, collecting this. And it was, there was never any political agenda. Right. There was never any agenda of, you know, I want to be on TV and have a really yeah, yeah. bad TV show <laughs> about me with my backpack going around the world and <laughs> doing whatever, there you, go. Um, you know, and, and things like that. And so it's none of that. And, and that, what, that is, what we should be doing and yeah, so that's real science. it was yeah and it was it was honestly that was one of the most important experiences i've ever had in my life and it was really powerful that that somebody like erling strand and people over there in norway would just open their their arms yeah to me that's so. insanely respectable that's really cool yeah um what what was the what when was like the earliest um sightings there that's been going on for decades you said no they had their some early sightings back in 83 i believe it started okay. yeah and it was interesting because before jalen heineck passed away there's uh he, he went over there and visited that and he you know it was on tape there there's a tape of him saying that this is a living laboratory wow and very worth studying yeah and so unfortunately he he passed away i know that that would have been really interesting to see what he would have had to say after you know going back a couple times but it's it's you know yeah it was it's cool yeah that's very cool um can you tell me a little bit about um you just um came into the possession of andruffle's files can you tell us who andruffle is and the and the the cosmic awesomeness of what of, of getting those files and, and what's, yeah, what's going on. Thank there. you for asking that because yeah. um, <clears throat> this was an absolute coup. Mm -hmm. Anne Druffel was a researcher who recently passed away. She had done decades worth of work in the Los Angeles area and she was with NICAP, you know, back in the day. She was with MUFON. She was behind the scenes working with different uh, abduction research groups and you should work with UCLA, people at UCLA, and was a very important and diligent uh, person. She also investigated the Rex Heflin photos, those, mm. those Rex Heflin photos, and those yep. famous uh, UFO photos on the planet. Yep. And she did a, a lot of work in conjunction with a, a few other people. And uh, the Reverend Harris Bailey, she also, and that's going to be something that I'm going to be talking about more because most people don't know who he is, and and he was, he was he had a, a UFO sighting uh, way back when, and I'm gonna will do a series on my my radio show about this because the case is so intense. But he okay. um, ended up being harassed, having very serious health consequences, um, and and throughout his life, photographed 
things that he believed were paranormal in nature. Yeah. And so it's a really interesting story, one that we need to hear more about, and I'll get that out to the public. Cool. But you know, there were 70 boxes. Yeah. And yeah, had it was... not been for my my friend and, and mentor, Gordon Lore, yeah. who was with NICAP, I uh, never would have gotten those files. And so for me to get in there and to get them and to get them into a safe place, is huge because there are files that are, are being swept up and they are going into the black hole and nobody will ever learn from them. And I think yeah. that is deliberate. I think that is it's just something that shouldn't happen. But just another side note with the Andrew Ruffle files, the personal correspondence that I have with different researchers over the years, I mean, stunning correspondence with Jacques Vallée yeah. and other yeah. people. And yeah. that you know those things those things are are very personal. They're very telling. Yep. And I look forward to to telling Anne's story. Yeah, that's really cool. You oh man, have you thought about doing a documentary? I would love to. I think you should. Oh, I think that would be cool. Would be very very cool. Yeah. Um, because she and I know she, a lot of people are nervous. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I'd, oh yeah. That Erica Lucas has got those files. We might be in yeah, trouble. Exactly. Yep. Um, but yeah, she had such a legacy. I think it would be a, a really good documentary. She was a neat lady, so yeah. smart yep. and so dedicated and so kind. And she had, I have close to a hundred audio cassettes from her interviews with witnesses, with um, researchers, with Rex Heflin yeah. and things. And when you listen to the way that she interacts with people and the way she questions people, the way she puts people at ease and gets information and it's just like this is my new king (laughs) i'm so so excited anyway yes this is my new kitty so i just got him today because i had to put my other baby after 17 years to sleep so i'm sorry there you go that's right there he is that's awesome um Sorry, I interrupted you. I saw the tail, and I'm an animal lover, so I was like, I have to see that cat. No, that makes me happy. He's come out from underneath the bed. This is good. (laughs) That's good. That's good. You just got him today, too, right? Him, right? Yeah, him. Yep. That's awesome. Seven years old, so. That's cool. That was cool. Um, Yeah, I'm going to push you to do a documentary. I'm going to give you daily, like, pokes. Do it. Do well, it. You should, and I will say that over over the years, I've been, you know, I've taken a lot of just candid footage of myself, mm-hmm. especially with regard to the Skinwalker stuff. Yeah. And I, I you know, and even in, in Norway and things like that, I have a ton of, of interviews and things on video and I just my, my personal thoughts when I'm going through the discovery process right. and stuff. So yeah. that would be... That would be interesting, like to get that out there, because you know, as with the Skinwalker stuff, I mean, that's the stuff that's been really, um, unfortunately, not that was not where I intended to go, where right. I thought things would end up. But yeah, that's important for people to know. Yeah, I agree with that, and we're going to dig into that in a second. Um, what was Anne's um, involvement? Was she involved with Mufon? She was with she Mufon, was. yes. Okay. And, and several, I mean, several, I think any organization you can think of, you know, yeah. she was involved with. And that's okay. what is so fascinating because I've got, you know, I mean, uh, <clears throat> with QFOS, I mean, she was correspondence that between her and Heineck, yeah. uh, NICAP, correspondence between her and Kehoe, 
and Ann Gordon Lore and all of these people. I mean, she corresponded with everybody and she has everything documented yeah. and put in place. And it is spectacular. Yeah. And some of these old cases that she investigated back in the, the 50s, the 60s, mm-hmm. you know, and 70s. And then all of her work with uh, James McDonald, Dr. Yeah. James McDonald. I mean, there was almost 10 years worth of work interviewing people that he was associated with, um, visiting his wife and and looking at the, the journals that he kept and different things. It's just like. Yeah. And then she also really, really dug into Dr. James McDonald's death. Mm hmm suicide yeah and she felt that there might have been more to that story than was was put forward but yeah oh that's cool yeah i'm so jealous i wish i lived closer because i would i'd be over your shoulder with those i would like that because i want people to come i want people that i trust that i like (laughs) that i respect to come and and learn from this and so i have a, a couple people here now that i trust and really like that are helping me archive right so yeah Fun. So, and someday when all the, the zombie apocalypse is over, you can come out and visit. Yeah, I will. Trust me, it's on my bucket list. I've always wanted to go out to Utah. I've never been there. Been around the it's world. It's cool. We could yeah, take a little tour of Dugway and the ranch. And... I was just going to say, the basin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. So we'll dig into the ranch. Let's get in there. Um, for those that don't know, I'll, tell, I'll, I'll preface this by saying that. The ranch is fairly new to me. Um, in I want to say it was early last year that it was uh, just in the UFO groups. I saw some talk of it. I think the trailer for the show had caught my attention. And I saw the book by Ryan Skinner. And um, I haven't read it yet, but I, it came across my desk. And I was like, you know what? What is this? So I started to dig into it early last year. So that's the first I actually have heard, heard of it. But I've... I've done some digging along with you into what's going on there. Can you? I'm so grateful that you've yeah, done that. Yep. Yeah. Can you tell people a little bit about what is Skinwalker Ranch? What's supposedly going out there versus what we're finding and that kind of thing? You know, so Skinwalker Ranch is, uh, it is one of apparently the, it is the place where everything UFO happens. And it is a, 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 I'm one of the only places in the world where vortexes open up and shapeshifters walk down from mountaintops and they're bulletproof wolves and yada, yada, yada. Uh, This story was carefully crafted by George Knapp and Dr. Colm Kelleher, uh, thanks to Robert Bigelow, who obviously, you know, was back behind there pulling the strings. And they bought this piece of property, Bigelow bought this piece of property. uh, And there was, of course, the $22 million that we've heard so much about that was allocated from the Pentagon to allegedly study UFOs, which actually really truly doesn't mean extraterrestrial. So we should just get a grip on that one. But, um, and so you've got this, this back, you know, when, when um, for the skinwalker came out, you've got this, this kind of, Oh, here's this super location and, and people are studying this and it's supposed to be a secret, but we're going to write a book about it. And then, you know, fill everybody in the, in the area full of information. And, and, you know, pretty soon you, you see people in the community getting on board and talking about their sightings. And it was like this big, you know, when I look back at it, this big psychological operation, you know, yeah. you see an idea, you see where it goes. Um, to this day, if, if somebody could maybe explain to me uh, 
some of the, the information that George Knapp put forward and verify any of it, I would be really excited yeah. about that. Good but luck. yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, you've got this, this thing that was put forward and then you've also conveniently got coast to coast, which yep. is the big, you know, mouthpiece for all of this and, and much, much more. And so they, promote this. Um, they are, in my opinion, using the property to do things that maybe aren't necessarily looking for extraterrestrials. Mm -hmm. And there was a time when they were during the, the OSAP contract, uh, they were taking military veterans and Bigelow hired them and putting the military veterans on the ranch with mind you, no equipment to investigate the paranormal, which is what they were supposed to be doing, mm -hmm. uh, and just sent them out there. And they collected the reports of, of the people that were there, the personnel, and the, apparently the most important things for them was to figure out the physical reactions of people, you know, right. what or the psychological reactions of the people that were in this environment. Right. I've, I've, wondered with some of the non-lethal weapons technology that has come to light if they weren't protect perhaps testing that i think given some of the people the players that were involved with skinwalker yeah. ranch they've been involved with bigelow you know you've got put off you've got uh john alexander yep. you know these these players i mean that they their their bag is non-lethal weapons their bag is yeah. is you know perhaps maybe they got funding early on from from Sidney Gottlieb who's Mr. MK Ultra so no. what do you have <laughs> no shocking yeah. so what do you have going on there and I think it it's it is a really sexy myth yeah and it's fun I've been caught up yeah. in it mm -hmm. yeah. and I have also done a hell of a lot of work in that area interviewing people over the years and making sure I'm consistent with doing that and then also working behind the scenes to look at everybody who has been involved with this to look at their backgrounds yeah. to dig into the potential of them making money over here and yeah. here for them look you know looking at their political affiliations and and there is such a, a lovely little web <laughs> yeah there it's all about making money for a handful of people it's about deceiving the public and at the end of the day, you know, what what happened? What are the, the long-term effects for people that have been on the ranch? What are the long-term health effects uh, for the people that live around the ranch? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's going to be something that needs to be focused on. But. Yeah, and I think a major tell, I mean, you brought up the fact that um, uh, the program that was there was OSAP, which is an advanced aerospace weapons program so why would they have this weapons program on the ranch if they're just investigating the paranormal i think there's yeah come on now i know and that and that's the thing i mean it's like i when i started to kind of shine a light on this and things and and people were i mean i was i was stupefied at the yeah. people the quote-unquote journalists in this <laughs> subject i yeah. mean i i guess i could you know pay 10 cents and become a journalist yeah. If I, you know, looked at the back of a magazine and sent in my, my thing, uh, yeah. but my donation, um, but I, I've never gone this, you know, I, whatever. It's a different yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it, these people are so willing to dismiss what is right there in black and white. Yeah. And buy this whole fictitious load of nonsense. Right. 
I and think... it's like you just think, at what point are you telling me that, you know, E.T. coming in and out of a freaking portal in this little teeny yeah. place, you know, in Utah, that that is more realistic than non-lethal weapons testing. Right, right. Where we have so much documentation. Yeah. I don't know. Go figure. Yeah. I don't know if people can do that, but I think I guess... It's one of those things that people see the dots, but they don't want to connect them because they really want to believe that it's something paranormal. So you sort of have to connect those dots for them. And then there's a lot well, of people that get angry with that too. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like I, it would have been much easier for me not to have connected those dots. Right. But somebody because has to. I was a lot happier when I could just say, "Oh, this is so much fun. Hey, let's you know go up and and you know I mean interview people and think this is paranormal." And you know, as I as things became more apparent and other people like Keith Basterfield from Australia, who's done yeah. research that is just mind blowing. He's done some but people awesome like, stuff. Oh, he's just, yeah. I'm so grateful for him. But you look at, you know, you look at, at some of these, these things and then you look at the fact that you've got somebody like Jeremy Corbell going out there and doing a documentary, yeah. interviewing a woman and, and her son, and they've had this UFO encounter and her son is sick. Yeah. Yeah. And, the poor mother thinks that it is because of UFOs and you've got Corbell ramming that down her throat. And, you know, you, you just look at stuff like that and you just think, huh, yeah. is, is that really uh, the way to go? Is that ethical? And I don't think so. Right. And who is going to be kind of standing up and saying, that's not, it's not the way we're going to roll right. here. There are people whose lives have been gravely affected and that's not okay. Yeah. I agree. And in the show, uh, for those that haven't seen the show, uh, Hunt, what is it? Um, uh, it's on History Channel, Skinwalker Ranch, something. I can't really remember the title of it at this point, but it's a, ton, a Skinwalker Ranch uh, uh, sort of reality TV Why show. Why have Because I've blocked it from my uh, mind. I've I have clearly too. been hypnotized. Um, anyway, I've, I've watched through it, but um, it's. The secret it, of Skinwalker Ranch. There you go. There you go. Clarity. The secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Um, throughout the show, I mean, throughout every episode, I mean, there's this big thing about no digging. You can't dig. You can't know. I wonder what's under the ranch. <laughs> I think there could be several things under the ranch. Um, yeah. And and I do know that the, the Myers family actually owns uh, the rights to, to dig for anything under the ranch. Right. It's a lot of, you know, oil in the area. Um, yeah. But I also think that there was and there is probably something else yeah going on there but yeah but i love how you know don't dig don't dig we've got all these myths that are out there and it's like i've got pictures that chris marks took who worked for bass i mean of, of a huge bulldozer you know but hey we're not gonna dig yeah but there's a bulldozer right there <laughs> right That's so just, they're just driving it around That's their vehicle right well it would be fun i guess yeah <laughs> yeah um <laughs> I have a couple of paps, blue ribbons and grab the bulldozer and go out for a ride in the field. Yeah. I think it's, tape pins. It sounds good. It's worth taking note. And I, somebody pointed out, uh, pointed this out a, um, a while ago. I can't remember where I saw it, that, uh, the wind top was it wind top? Is that how you say it? You went to winter. Um, the basin is, um, naturally almost like, uh, looks like it's shaped almost like a dish. So um, it's it's 
would be very easy for, you know, obviously the government to use that um, to send and receive some forms of signals or whatever they want to do. So um, that makes me wonder, you know, how did they actually, is there something under under the ground there? Is there some metal in there? Are they, you know, did they use to right. amplify whatever they're doing there? So, yeah, curious. You never know. And, and it, I yeah. think the, the important thing here is to, to note that Utah has a very strong, uh, we are all about the military, which is yeah. great. I mean, I'm all, all for supporting people that have, have risked their lives. And I, I, we, I mean, you, my husband, um, you know, I'm grateful that we have people defending our country um, and our freedoms. And, but I, I, you know, we have Dugway Proving Ground here. We've got the Utah Test and Training Range. We have Hill Air Force Base. I mean, we have all of these things. And we also have one of the world's uh, largest concentrations of aerospace and defense contractors here Gee. in Utah. And so, hmm, I mean, would it make sense that we would use a place like Skinwalker Ranch Absolutely. or places, you know, I mean, in Utah where we could actually do uh, test things in, yep. in real in a real life scenario, of course. Yep. yep, yep. And I've said that on your show, you've been okay. kind enough to have some ridiculous human being like myself on your show a few times. Several times. <laughs> I know. I wish it caused a little trouble. I yep. love it. Um, but it's, um, yeah, I've, I mean, I've mentioned on there too that it's um, the perfect place for testing government testing a place that has so much lore of paranormal activity you know built-in cover story there so um well and it's funny you know because you have so many people that say oh we would never we would never test on military vets or we would never you know i mean let something happen in the community or you know yada 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 and it's like well really yeah (laughs) look in history it's been done Yeah. yeah Files um, are out there. That's not a secret. You know, I, I, Ryan Skinner is such a proponent of the um, activity there, um, and he's done a lot of research as well. And I think even he, I think I've noticed him sort of changing his tune a little bit. Um, and I've seen a few comments, and I, I can't think of anything offhand. I, I'd have to dig again. But I was like, wow, I wonder if he's now open to that uh the theory that there is you know something else it's not just a paranormal thing going on out there there's you know some government stuff kind of happening as well Um, you know i think that um (laughs) when it's kind of shoved down your throat that this might be happening you better at some point in time jump on that bandwagon or look at the possibilities or you're gonna look like a fool yeah so maybe he's you know when i i think that he has uh, in you know, in his defense, I think he has. I've seen him throw that out there, but then throw we're back to the you know extraterrestrial thing, or we're back to you know all of these other things, and yeah. and and so you know. But and also I have to point out that you know George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell. I mean, they threw out there that oh, we've got this. Uh, we have, Colm Kelleher said that there were people that came on the ranch they were contractors and they were deploying toys in and around the ranch Hello. And it's like okay you, those guys put that on record yeah. so now they're trying to backtrack of course but you know whatever and so first of all toys what a cheeky word what yeah. a great way to put a non-lethal weapon right that has the potential to 
perhaps harm the individual that is exposed to it. Right. Um, you know, and all of this stuff. And so the, all, all along, there's been this, we're going to throw out, this, you know, plausible deniability. We're going to put this out there and then, oh, backtrack and we're over here again and over there. And it's just a big, um, it's just a big circus of, yeah. Read my mind. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um you you actually had um the glorious opportunity to hang out and talk with junior hicks i did can you tell us a little bit about junior junior is or was just a just the salt of the earth a lovely lovely human being who had the respect mm -hmm. of his community he was devoutly mormon grew up in in roosevelt utah and was an electrician and he was a, a teacher at the the local school and just i mean he he was just it was just a kind beautiful soul mm -hmm. and he began back in the, the 60s he had a friend that had a ufo sighting and then he began uh listening to other people that would kind of come to him and then say well we saw this we saw that he began documenting things and all of the reports that he took over the years became the basis for the Utah UFO display, mm -hmm. which was written by Dr. Frank Salisbury. And that is, it's, it's a really great book. Um, I just have to throw in there that I spent a considerable amount of time at the University of Utah Special Archives, mm -hmm. which houses Dr. Frank Salisbury's archive. Oh, wow. And again, there's some very interesting threads in there. He was, uh, he worked with Jacques Vallée. Yeah. Uh, he worked for NASA. Yeah. Um, so what, you know, what, where do all these connections fit in? But so we had the Utah U UFO display, um, Junior Hicks kept investigating things and I sat with him and I mean, he told me some, some amazing stories yeah. of things that happened with specific people at, over the years. He was, um, in my second to last interview with him, he, he was, he asked me to turn off the camera and told me about his own personal experience. And it was a very, almost a religious experience to him. Wow. It was very profound. Yeah. And um, I was just so grateful to be in in his presence. You know, and yeah. there was a, a, you know, I think <laughs> that specific interview when I was with him, um, you know, I grabbed his hand and, you know, I mean, I looked at him and I said, I want you to know how grateful all of us are for what you've done yeah because it, i'm sure it wasn't easy being you know i mean being in a community that is lds and different things and and um it was a very beautiful moment for both of us and we both you know cried yeah i mean it was, it was one of those things it's like hey i mean here's this genuinely beautiful people yeah. person who has done something that is you know I mean, it, it's keeping it's preserving a legacy for all of us, it's making us question. It's it's giving people in the community a safe place yeah. to to go to, and it was just I was really grateful. I, I had I had that opportunity to talk with him and also to hear about how Bigelow he interacted with Bigelow and how he really didn't think too much of Bigelow and yeah. some of the, the tactics that Robert Bigelow. Um, the real estate mogul billionaire uh, who likes to lock people out of their uh, housing 
and not let them have access to any of their (laughs) belongings and the people that are one step away from living on the street. But that's Robert Bigelow. He's a kind-hearted gentleman. Yeah. Not a fun lord at all. Yeah, not not at all. Um, But so, you know, I mean, to hear Junior talk about the fact that he he said that uh, Gwen Sherman was, that Bigelow put the screws on Shermans and that Gwen Sherman was fired from her job at the bank after years in in an attempt to kind of hold both of them, you know, kind of chokehold to keep Sherman at the ranch. Wow. And so they could keep appearances. Yeah. Oh my goodness, really? We're in there. Oh yeah. It's it's just been so fun investigating all of this. And I mean whether that's true, I don't know. That was Junior's thought and opinion. And he he didn't trust uh, those people, and also I was, you know, one of the one of my interviews with him that was right after the, or right when the the film, uh, the Corbell film came out, and Junior was expressed to me how how deeply hurt that he was that he wasn't invited to the screening of the film. Right? What they didn't invite yeah. him. Wow. Even though he was, yeah, <laughs> you oh. know, he was in the movie, and you know, we've taken a lot of his work, and yeah, you, oh, yeah, he was very hurt by, by that. I'll never I don't forget blame that. It. That's crazy. Used much? You feel a little used? That's crazy. Yeah, I think I think he did, and I, yeah. So, mm. but anyway, hopefully, you know, there are good people out there that don't want to use his name to take selfies of the of you know take right. selfies at his funeral and right. and and That's... you know kind of write on his name because he was a beautiful human being and he deserves to be remembered and respected for the contributions he made and the great not only in the ufo world but he was a good uh member of the community and he was yeah. dearly loved yeah so... i've heard stories of all the things he did for the community just um i mean obviously he was an electrician by trade but um that he would do odds and ends just for you know, just to do them for people in the community. Um, yeah, he was, you know, one more story I've got to just tell you this because sure. it's so, it was so interesting because you've got, you know, different stories of, you know, you've got the cameras there and this, the phenomenon was, would not let anybody take a video of it. Mm. And, you know, so there was one incident where the camera wires were cut and they just couldn't figure out how they were cut. Mm-hmm. But Junior was the electrician that was brought in. And he could figure out they were cut by another person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he said that it looked to him as if what was going into this place here was being uh, moved to another place. Really? Yeah. So, yeah, that was really interesting. So it was just he knew he knew something was up. Yeah. Um, and he didn't trust that group of people, and 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 so it, it's. Yeah. Oh, that's that's telling. Um, what was his proximity to the ranch? Did he live really close? It was, it was very close. Yeah. yeah. I mean, gosh, it was probably, I'm so bad with this, probably 10 miles away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. At the most. Yeah. That is wild. What's his, what was his earliest sort of sighting out there or experience? Was it before um, the whole, all the Bigelow stuff? Or was oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he started documenting stuff back in the 60s. He did, okay, yeah. 
I knew it was um, a, a while ago, but I didn't know how far back that went. Yeah, so that's the Utah UFO display. I definitely recommend reading that because that is, is you know, it was very um, detailed about different sightings and people that he worked with. And I love, it. it's very cool. And also Frank Salisbury was an interesting fellow. Like I mentioned earlier, he worked for NASA. Um, he it was uh, just, uh, again, another brilliant mind but i had the pleasure of talking with him a few times before he passed away mm -hmm. and i asked him what he thought about hunt for the skinwalker and he thought yeah. he said that it was ridiculous yeah. that it oh, was really? fiction yeah and he was not really on board with it so yeah i mean it's a it's a great story <laughs> it's a it's a great story it has all <laughs> it had all of us worked for a long long time yeah so do you believe that there is something going on out there non-government and then they use that as the cover story or do you think it's all government stuff going out on out there you know as being somebody that has had personal experiences i mm -hmm. but i still i don't know what what they were um i have to say that i think that there's something going on yeah. probably around us all the time i don't know what it is yeah. I'm not going to say it's Grandma Moses, and I'm not going to say it's ET, yeah. because nobody knows. Right. And yeah. the people that are telling you it is A, B, C, and D are, you know, whatever. It's purely <laughs> Have motivations. Yeah. And so, um, but I, I do think that there, I mean, I've, I've interviewed, like I mentioned, families, uh, multi-generations of people that have lived out in that area and have had experiences they cannot explain. Mm -hmm. And... So is there something, yeah, there, I'm sure. Is there yeah. something everywhere? Yes. Do I think that location is particularly unique? No. I think mm -hmm. you could go anywhere in the world and and talk to a community and find people that have had specific types of experiences. Yeah. But I think that this location was played up because of the fact that there's a military connection. And, you know, I mean, I and sure. no, I don't know. Yeah. But it's, it's also, it's it's sad to see that so many people have been just swept up in this. and Yeah. Yeah. It is sad. It's crazy. Um, have you ever told your story of some of the experiences you've had yourself? Um, you don't have to you go know, into that if you don't want to. I just, I'm curious. Well, <laughs> I mean, I've, I have... I, when I was back in 2013, I had a series of sightings over the Salt Lake Valley mm -hmm. and I had a really, um, just a, a beautiful view of the valley. And so every night I'd sit there and have my friends come over. We'd watch the, the planes come into the Salt Lake International Airport. We would, um, get the telescope out, all these things. And I noticed my friend and I noticed, um, a, an amber orange sphere mm -hmm. over the mountain line and we watched it for upwards of 15 20 minutes and this it's been a long time ago yeah um but there was also another object that appeared to drop out from underneath it and then it moved around in a circle and it was fairly wow. quick and then they both moved off together and it was one of those things i we had our binoc my binoculars out yeah there was there were no lights as if you know would be expected if it was an airplane yep 
Um, it was very odd. So I set up my camera on like a total nerd. Yeah. <laughs> like the nerd that I'm proud to be yeah, yeah, no, on my deck cool. and, and videotaped and, and took photographs and things. And it was it was interesting to me and I wanted to start learning about okay, what is mundane? You know, how does an airplane look? How does a helicopter look? What is our airspace? You know, here in Utah, we've got the NSA, which I can look out to the deck and look in that line site, which is some of the most restricted airspace in the world. We've got Dugway Proving Ground, you know, over here. We've got Hill yeah. Air Force Base over here, uh, Salt Lake International Airport. So what what were these things and could they be explained? Yeah. And so that led me to become involved in MUFON. Yep. and become a state director and then eventually resign with a resounding you guys are corrupt good luck to you yeah um and things but i mean that was you know an experience i i i can't explain yeah i've tried um there have been a couple other experiences that have happened that i i still can't explain and again they're like it's it's they're personal to me sure yeah absolutely it, i mean that's a movie second you go out there and you i don't know it's just a hard thing you talk about this is this is what i saw blah 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 there's somebody out there willing to give their opinion they've granted i guess i really don't care because yeah. they can't dissuade me from from what i saw and things and i'm also smart enough to know that if if i were to find things in my journey and research that would say okay this is what it was right. wake up you were having a delusional fantasy yeah. then I would come to that conclusion. But right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, when you have a sighting, when you see something, that's, I mean, that's that's a moving experience because it questions your reality and everything that you've come to know so far and you know, in life. And, you know, it brings on the question of, of life and who are we, where did we come from, who are those guys, are we the only ones, you know, it's, it brings up all that. So, yeah, it's totally a moving experience for sure. Yes, and it, yeah. it's that's the one thing that I, you know, I mean, you know, I've been trying to stress on my, my shows. It's like we, you know, I think each of us listens to my show. Well, most of us because we've had experiences we can't explain. Yeah. And the problem is when we start going into or looking for the answers, and we turn to the UFO community, and you've got people in there that are going to tell you it's a demon. And they're going to tell you it's the benevolent space brother right. from the Pleiades. And they're yeah. going to tell you that, you know, I mean, this message is coming and the world is going to blow up and all this, you know, stuff. And that's when you run into a problem. And I keep, I mean, I, I truly feel it's like if you have a sighting, a personal experience, keep a journal, hold that very dear to your heart and know what that means for you yeah. and, and keep these other people out of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm one of those people that wants an experience so bad. <laughs> I've seen Well, it's called Stephen Greer. I hear for a couple grand, you could yeah, go oh, have yeah. one. <laughs> you know, where did, where did I see? Oh, I just saw that um, last night I was watching the uh, interview Lou Elizondo with John Greenwald, and he uh, Lou Elizondo took a nice stab at Greer without naming names, but I was like, wow. Like, he, he put in the dagger for sure. <laughs> Well, like, and, and I have to ask you, so what did Elizondo say about Skinwalker Ranch? So he actually, uh, we know that OSAP was operating there. He confirmed that ATIP was also operating there. Um, so, um, 
now we know and i've said that on your shows like i think that you're we're gonna start to see you know you know the skinwalker ranch cronies and uh the folks, you know, the TTSA folks, the Nimitz encounters, all that stuff. I think we're going to start to see this stuff meld together. Just the way that all of it is being publicized just is so weird. Weird, right? Oh, it's shocking that yeah. they're all on each other's payroll. Yeah. Mm. So, that they all have the political agendas. Exactly. Oh. Yep. So surprised. Yep. And now, yeah, with his confirmation that, yeah, ATIP was operating on the ranch, um, that's that brings in you know a lot of you know these ttsa guys now it's starting to sort of come together yeah yeah. the bigelow boys exactly Exactly. which at the end of the day what if they actually presented that is concrete real tangible and who's made money where and and um so good luck i mean maybe lou should uh, respond to a question about what was their non-lethal weapons testing and what took place with with regard to some of the military uh, people that were employed at the ranch he right. probably has a responsibility i would imagine yeah. a moral responsibility to address that question yeah yeah i agree but you know that it's a job and he's gonna he says that this you know his um venture with tta ttsa was more on a personal level rather than government but i obviously huge question there um so morals you know out the window there is no moral obligation when it's your job yeah i mean that's true i guess that that you know i mean do have a job and everybody i mean they're yeah Yeah. i I unfortunately am, or fortunately, am lucky that I don't have a, a job that requires me pulling the wool over people's eyes and and um, not, you know, I mean, potentially, like with like I've stressed over and over again, potentially having these people who've been exposed to things that don't know what is going to happen to their quality of life. Yeah. And why I, I want to just uh, say while I'm feeling so passionate about this. For people like Kit Green and Hal Putoff and Eric Davis and all of these, and Brandon Fugel, talking about the fact that people are getting injured at the ranch, the people that are being exposed to UAP are having, you know, up close and personal experiences, and guess what? Their life expectancy is suddenly cut short. Yeah. These people need to be held on, you know, I mean, their feet needs to be held to the fire. What does that mean? Right. Who have you exposed and what answers have you not given to people that have been in these situations because of you? Yeah. You know, either it's crap or these guys have a lot of explaining to do and they should look at themselves in the mirror at the end of the day and say, you know what? I'm probably not the person that should be getting, well, maybe I am the person that should be getting down on both knees and asking for forgiveness for some of the things that I've done to people. Right. Yeah. Hey, man, that guy's got it. I'd hate to be him in the next life because I don't know if you believe in karma. Well, you know, I, I'm thinking, I think, I think all those people have a lot of karma coming and, yeah. and, you know, like you said, I know it's a job for some of these people like, Elizondo. Oh, I'm not, that's not a defense for, in for them in any, yeah, in any regard. That's me more taking a shot because, uh, you know, they claim that it wasn't a job. This is their personal, you know, you know their personal investigation and no right i don't buy it sorry guy and you're getting paid how much for uh, uh, yeah, whatever yeah <laughs> right 
Anyway, I would like I would like to just take this moment to extend another invitation to any of these people to come on UFO Classified. I'd certainly love yeah. to talk to them. I don't think any of them would have the um, nerve to do that, but the invitation is open. Yeah, yeah. And I noticed that there's um, definitely a, um, a tactic that some of these folks take when they do go on any of these shows. Um you know, Lou on John Greenwald, I've seen Lou on a few other, do a few other interviews. And I note that the tactic is um, you, when asked a question, there is a, you know, a 20, 30 minute answer, you know, so that, you know, you, you hey, it can only fit in two or three questions with this guy before, you know, oh, our time's up. Sorry. Mm, that so, sounds like an interview I did with somebody on my show. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That yeah, there's a, a definite way to respond. Yeah. For 20 minutes, like yeah. you say. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, there, there's a tactic there for sure. And they've got a stick. They've got a story. Oh yeah. So that that story needs to be relayed, and you know, and yeah, yeah it's, it's good. Relayed and re- well rehearsed for sure. Yeah, yeah, their PR team's pretty good. But their PR team actually ought to find real UFO photos. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, oh, anyway, sorry, I'm just being naughty tonight. No, you're good. That's awesome. Uh, Chris Marks, when he worked on the ranch, did he, was he did he ever see Lou or any of those folks? Lou said it was it was after 2008. I don't remember what years Chris was there. He was there in 2010 to 2016. Okay, I wonder if he had come across Lou, or does he? I don't know no. if he knows who that is or anything. I mean, he doesn't know who it is, but yeah. no, it, it was never mm. any blue through. But I also have to say, I find it, it fascinating, you know, when you read uh, uh, Jacques Vallée's journals, yeah. uh, Forbidden Science 4, you know, and he, he does talk about the Bigelow days, and he does say that his suggestion for all of these people uh, with regard to Skinwalker Ranch was to monitor the ranch from afar. Yeah. And so could these people have been a you know, monitoring the situation uh, yeah. from another right. place, not on the ranch, probably. Oh, and wow. there are plenty of places around there that, yeah. that could have happened. So, has there um, ever been any talk of whether they were maybe renting properties um, outside that area? You know what? There were definitely people on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. So, Is that true? Like you, mm-hmm. you know that for sure. Mm-hmm. Wow, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I know that it's it's definitely. I I would, I would figure that that being that's the truth. But I I didn't know you actually had dug some of that up. So that's, oh, of course, that's interesting. <laughs> that's awesome. That's good. You know me. I get a hold of things and yeah, yep. That's good. That's awesome. Um, doggone it! I had a question and I forgot. What is the deal with Mufon? Are they? They seemed like such a great organization years ago um and i had even uh i had signed up to be uh, a rep or not a rep but um like a an investigator at one point a couple years ago um and i never did hear back but now reading what i'm reading in their um some of the trouble that they've gotten into in recent years i'm like oh thank god i didn't get involved there (laughs) but what is their deal are they I don't know. They seem. It seems like they're not doing a whole lot these days, anyway. Well, I would say when your executive director got accused of, um, 
you know, soliciting a minor, maybe they'd be out of the spotlight for a minute. But um, I think, you know, I will say that I have friends that are involved in MUFON and people that I've met that I, I deeply care for. And there yeah. are good Oh, I'm sure there are a lot the of good and, characters there, yeah. But with that said, it is also an organization that's been around since, uh, the, you know, kind of everything happened with NICAP. Yeah. You know, late uh, early 70s. And they kind of sprung out of all of this. Um, what answers have they provided yeah. after 50 plus years of research? They yeah. have a huge database and the database has been sold, bought and sold how many times yeah. with people's personal information. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Bigelow. I mean, you've got people, investigators that are going in there that are, are pretty, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it, this is a group of people that have uh differing backgrounds and yep. so you can't fault people for trying to do the best that they can but not understanding you know the, the protocols for things but you've got people that are interviewing people that have had experiences and they're entering in prescription medication information about people oh, investigators are entering uh cases in there and they're saying that this person is mentally ill oh, um i mean it's you just can't like diagnose it is, that yeah, yeah, really, especially, you know, uh, working at the uh, Walmart. I mean, come on. Yeah. What is your <laughs> qualification? But yeah. so you've got, you know, all of this information that's being collected on people that are very genuinely going in there and saying, I have this sighting. Right. And then you have, you know, the John Carpenter affair where John Carpenter was an abduction researcher. He uh, sold his, his data, including all this personal information about people that are having these traumatic experiences to Robert Bigelow. And mm. then you've got the see that Robert name everywhere. Bigelow. Oh, well, I mean, he's yeah. yeah. Um, and then you've got the fact that, you know, with the, the 22 million, some of that money was, was, you know, used to buy databases and, you know, I mean, you've got, you know, James Carrion, who I like, and I've had on my show, but he was in there when all that was happening. And, they went in there and, and said, you know, got the little disclaimer there. If you're entering in a case, know that we might share this with a third party. Yeah. Ooh. And get what the third party was Robert Bigelow. Yeah. So all of this personal information straight to Bigelow. Uh, and at the end of the day, what are his motivations? Exactly. Because I'm, so it's really, people need to pay attention. And I think that MUFON has been questioned time and time again over the years about data about why certain cases aren't there yeah. about you know why certain chapters are making money hand over fist and the chapter uh which should be they should be uh doing the nonprofit thing why they aren't and why these people are making money and not paying taxes on it right. when they're charging 30 bucks for specific you know speakers to come in right. time and time again and and things so i think there are a lot of things and then you, you throw in the jay-z knight connection where you've got the organization that is being funded behind the scenes by cult leaders who have oh, is that true? very oh, this is news. Yeah. I don't know anything. I don't know who Jay Z oh, no. is. Oh yeah, well, Jay Z Knight is is a she's a, a cult leader um, up in in Washington State. She funded the organization. She was one of the the big donors. Uh, but when things took place with all the racist crap a couple of years ago with John Ventry, who was a state director. Yeah. It got called out of the carpet that she was one of the, the people that was donating and she had this cult 
um, and they were very, she would channel this male warrior Ramtha. Oh, no. You know, just get up there, Ramtha, and I'm, yeah. oh, I could do my big impersonation, but I won't because I'll, whatever. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I've been practicing alone yeah. in the closet at night. <laughs> um, but they were very, there were some serious allegations of abuse. Uh, uh, and also, she was, some of her rantings when she was channeling this male, uh, whatever, yeah. uh, very anti Semitic. Oh, very, really? very hateful. I mean, very anti-Semitic. Yeah. I mean, it's like we're back to the gas chambers, you know. Wow. <laughs> yes. And so this is somebody who's funding MUFON. Oh, my goodness. Hmm. Yeah. You know, and then you also have the fact that uh, you've got after uh, the executive director was uh, taken into custody for allegedly soliciting a minor, you've got yeah. the fact that the interim director who was stepping in is been involved with the organization for quite some time. David McDonald mm -hmm. is owner of Flamingo Air, yeah. which is a mile high club. Woohoo! Yeah. And one of the articles that he was quoted in a few years back, it specifically says that they take children on their first ride. That they, you know, hey, they're going to close the curtains and they don't care if somebody's taken their little what? pet and scenes. Oh. No. It's all out there. So this is the person they're choosing to replace. Wow, with Epstein Air. <laughs> oh so I, I don't know. I mean, to me, it's just, it's a big, it's just, it's pretty incredible. And it's pretty incredible. As much as I love the people that are in, that yeah. I've met in Buffon, why these people would even want to be associated with that and be yeah. a card-carrying member of an organization. Is that it? Is so, uh, uh, is it? Yeah, I agree with you. Is it, do you think it's a bad organization or just bad folks at the top? I think it's never done what it set out to do. Yeah. I think it's made people money. I think yeah. it is, uh, after 50 years, like I said, if you don't have anything you, you put forward of right. merit, and you're, all you're doing is confusing the topic, and then you're bringing in people to lecture like Corey Good. Oh, man. Oh, God. If all... things, you know, you, yeah. <laughs> then... Um, and there are allegations of, you know, tax fraud and different things. And then you've yeah. got the, all of the other things going on. I, I would say, yeah, I don't think, I think it's rotten from the top down Yeah, is and there, the bottom up. Yeah. Do you think there, um, do you think there is money in their pockets coming from the government? I always wondered if there, there was an involvement behind the scenes. I'm sure there has to be some. You would you would think that somebody somewhere would be involved with that, I'm sure keeping an eye on things. And I, I mean, honestly, I would hope that knowing some of the fanatics in involved in some of these groups, yeah, I would be. I would hope that somebody from our government is monitoring this, yeah, because of some of the extremist uh, kind of ideologies and thoughts that are oh, going yeah. on with these people that are potentially unhinged i hope i hope yeah. somebody's infiltrated the organization and can yeah. keep an eye on these people yeah i'd always wondered if they um if they'd been bought and sold kind of thing so yeah that's my thought who knows maybe um, so many questions so many i think we're good i don't want to keep you forever um we've gone for a little over an hour already um i don't want to keep you all night I know it's Sunday night. Um, 
I want to give you an opportunity to sort of plug your show. I know you do a show every Friday night, UFO Classified. <clears throat> yes, and thank you for being on it. I love yeah. it. I love having you on. Yeah, I love stirring the pot, so it's, that's cool. Um, it's a radio and podcast, right? Radio show and podcast. Right. You know, I actually just went, I made the decision to do, instead of doing the internet um, radio thing, it, it's just a podcast, which is available on Spreaker. And then it gets out to iTunes and, and YouTube and, and things. And it's been, I mean, I've been doing this for over five years, almost every Friday. Yeah. And I do a lot of research and I bring on people that are not on the speaking circuit. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I want to prove a point. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to bring on people that have have something of merit to expose the web of deception and also give us you know hope about good research and things and so i love doing it ufoclassified.com you can go and find me Mm -hmm. and i just it's it's a passion of mine i love it and i'm grateful for people like you who come on the show and and try to help me expose the truth yep so you're, and also on YouTube, UFO Classified. I know you put a lot of your past episodes up on there. Yes. Um, yeah. Spreaker. You can listen live every Friday night at is it eight p.m. on Fridays Eastern 8, time? Seven p.m. Eastern time. Seven p.m. Eastern time. I, I get a uh, I get a little notice every time you're, you're hopping on there. Um. Yeah. What else you got? I know you are. Are you still doing any of the shows? Do you do you have any upcoming shows or anything coming up? You know what? Right now, with with I mean, I've got several things that are in the works with as far as filming different shows. Yeah. But with COVID and everything, things are are you know it's very sketchy as to what is is going to happen with that and how they can get film crews out here and how you can you know sure. be in close proximity with somebody and. And things like that, because I think things are going to get pretty ugly, even uglier than they they have been. So, I yeah. would just encourage people to stay safe and wear your freaking mask. Yeah, you know that's not a conspiracy theory. Yeah, I'm going to push you to do the Andruffle documentary. I will. Okay. So I think you should research some um, some reputable documentary uh, folks, film okay. filmmakers. Um, don't please don't do it with Jeremy Corbell or don't come on! Do it I never get a scene in multiple places. <laughs> 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 I'll be thumbing through his files and walking up a mountain. Yeah, don't I don't do know. Don't so do I, I shouldn't be so naughty, but I just have to say that I there there is more to that behind the scenes, and I've he's been given every chance to be a nice human being, and yeah. you know. Oh yeah, I know. There's another one bought and sold. Anyway. Uh, thank you so much for being on tonight. Yeah. I'm going to let you go. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Um, I tell people all the time, uh, this is more, this is a very, it's a veteran-based sort of podcast, so I get a lot of veteran listeners and stuff like that. So um, I do a lot of stuff for, uh, you know, mental health, and, um, you know, I'm a huge advocate of that kind of thing. So anybody listening out there that, that you know, needs help, uh you can reach out to me at any time. I have a lot of um, resources for organizations and just a lot of stuff uh, that I can help out with. So you can always reach out to me. Uh, the email is askwarriorwithin at gmail.com um, with anything or just you know some ideas, questions, suggestions, anything at all. 
Uh, Erica, thank you so much. Yeah, thank I'm going to let you and go for the way, After that, I mean, thank you for everything that you do. Sure. No, I love doing it. Because you have a lot it. of people, and I think it's very admirable. Yeah, so we're trying to... I'm fortunate to know you. Trying to move it around as far as, you know, I try to keep, you know, topics that I enjoy, like the UFO stuff and the paranormal stuff. I have a, a guest coming on tomorrow. We're getting more into, like, the paranormal ghost side of things mm -hmm. and things. Um, but, yeah, then I also like to dig into, you know, mental health and coping mechanisms and stuff like that because it's such a um you want to talk about a pandemic there's mental health pandemic for sure especially with veterans um with what's going on in the world so well, i think i you're i admire you for that so thank, thank you. you and thanks for letting me come on this has been really fun absolutely um and i'll let you go everybody tune in friday nights to ufo classified and uh listen to erica do her thing she's a superstar Thanks. So, all righty. Have a good night, everybody. I'm going to do my little outro, and we'll be out of here. You've been listening to the Warrior Within podcast. We'll see you next time. If you've got the to return.